so much fun. I got to watch the highlight videos. I love youth camp, did youth ministry for over 14 years. I got to go back to youth camp this year in Utah. It was so much fun. Youth camp is awesome. It's just life-changing. If you've never been and you're an adult, volunteer next year to be a counselor or to go as a leader. I'm telling you, it's a life-changing experience. But our students encounter God in a powerful way. And so we got a couple students who are going to share their testimonies real quickly tonight. So can you give it up for Terrence as he welcomes the students up here and just shares a little bit about what happens. Hey, church. So <clears throat> this week, like Jamie was saying, was amazing. Um, uh, he's, he was telling you, if you have a chance to volunteer to go and help, because it is a life-changing experience, not only for us to be able to help guide our, our young students here and give them life, but I tell you what, I felt like, and I, ta I talked to Kimberly about this this week, I'm like, man, I hope the kids are getting something out of this, because I feel like I'm at an adult camp. Like, I feel like I'm here because Jesus wants me here. Like, I'm supposed to be growing just like the campers did, and, and we did in big ways. Um, so I just want you guys to hear, listen, um, be encouraged from the words that you hear from the students tonight. Uh, I've been encouraged just thinking back on different things that have happened this week, and um, be blessed. Brianna? As, as Terrence was saying, um, camp was really life-changing. Um, we, every time you go to camp, it's it's a new it's a new opportunity to encounter God's love. Um, I went last year, and I and I'm still getting stuff from it this year. Um, we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and most of us didn't know how to speak in tongues, and we learned that. And with learning tongues, I also learned and earned a new confidence and. I learned to pray for people out loud rather than in my head. And it's the most powerful and most inspiring feeling that you can ever get. It's and you get this new boldness and confidence that you get from it. It's just really life-changing. So. All right, so this next camper that we have, um, he's not currently a part of City Life. But he, he's part of City Life. Uh, these past few weeks, he's been coming to house party. Um, his his uh, compadre over here, if you will, Ruben, has uh, been inviting him and inviting him and talking about uh, church and God and just everything in between. And God delivered him to our, our uh, youth group. And we've had a great time getting to know him and his, uh, and his buddy Abe. Where's Abe at? I'm going to embarrass you right now. Abe, right back here. We've enjoyed having both of them at house party. Um, Jordan was there this week, and I'm not going to ruin it. Jordan, you go ahead and come on up and tell them all the awesome things God did for you this week. Okay, so as I said, God completely blessed me this week. Like the first night, I had this blazing migraine, and I felt like he woke me up at the ex perfect time when everybody was in a group to praying together, and it just made me feel so good. And as Brianna said, I, I've never learned about speaking in tongues. I've never even heard of it. And it just, it gave me more confidence of me praying. And I've been lacking on that a lot lately, so. And um, he, I just learned how real his healing factor really is. Like, my leg was injured. I could not stand on it during service. And after we did this prayer of healing, I got right back up. No problem at all. And I wasn't the only person for that. So I just. So I really felt how real his love really is and how infinite he is. All right, our next camper is one that you guys might know, uh, Jovelyn Perez. Want to go ahead and come on up here? Jovelyn was a last second, like, hey, God has a word for me uh, that I want to share, and I'm definitely not going to get in the way of that and say no. So um, as she's looking for her word that God gave her right now, um, I just want to just reiterate, yeah, you don't need it. You don't need it. There you go. Hello. Okay. <laughs> I lost my words, but... Um... Like, like Jordan was saying um, that night when we were, like, praying for healing and stuff, that day I bruised my ankle during team competition. 
And like, I also couldn't really stand straight during like worship or anything. So I went to go sit back down. And like, there was an altar call and I went up to it, but I didn't think like I was gonna get healing because there were so many other people there. And like with the same position I was in and like other problems. And um, I really got healed that night where my other ankle that I sprained stopped hurting and then my ankle that I bruised stopped hurting. And um, another one was speaking in tongues. Um, I didn't feel like I was gonna, well, I didn't, didn't get that gift. Um, but I went up to the altar call with my sister and I did everything that like Pastor Daniel was saying. And I just like didn't get that gift that night but I felt God speak to me saying, like, if there's a problem, there's always a promise for that problem. And um, but that problem was I couldn't, I did not get the gift of speaking tongues that night, but um, the promise is God will give me that gift pretty soon. Yeah, thank you. All right, so um, this, last, this last dude doesn't really need an introduction, but if you would, give it up for Mr. Ruban. Okay, so uh, as y'all said, um, as all of them said, I'm very proud of every single one of them for going to camp because um, me as a person who wants to be a leader in our youth group, um, it just, it, it gives me great joy to see other students wanting to um, express themselves to the Lord and have the Holy Spirit in them. And I just want to um, read something, um, which is the Bible verse that they made for camp, which is Ephesians 5, verse 14. It says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And um, that, ju that verse just says so many words because um, it, it just says, like, love God and he will love you back. He loves you anyway. It's just you have to give him what, your love for it to be amazing. And you have the Holy Spirit, and it's just, it, it, gave, it, it gives you great time. And I just want to tell you, um, you know, we, people always talk about that moment, moments they have with Christ. And I felt like the first night, I had a moment with God, and he told me, Reuben, your best friends, Abe and Jordan, didn't come to camp just because, um, because you invited them. You became friends with um, Abe and Jordan because I called you to be friends with them. And I was like, I was touched. I was like, wow. I just knew, like, not expecting them to be at camp and them being there that night, like, the Holy Spirit was right there. The presence of him was right there. And he sent me a message. He said, Reuben, you are a leader. You will be a leader. And um, I just, uh, com coming back to uh, it being, we just came back yesterday. It was a great trip back. Um, old, lives, old lives come back. And uh, you want to be a better person in Christ when you come back from an experience like that. And all I was thinking about yesterday was, man, I want camp to be every single week, not just that one week of the summer. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's going to be hard because, you know, the devil, he, he wants to try and push me away from him. But I tell myself every morning I wake up and I say, no, I love Jesus more. And, well, um, that's pretty much all I have to say. And, um Thank you for listening to what all the students have to say. So, parents, that was just a very small clip of what happened this week, and it's, it's way more giant than that. Um, I just want to just ask all of you guys right now, I want to ask the parents of the students, you heard Reuben, and that's not just his heart, it's the, it's the student's heart as well. Satan's trying to trip them up. He's trying to, like, just snuff out that fire that, that, that God created this week with them. Pray for your students. Pray for them. Petition to God for them. Encourage them. Help them. Build that up. Don't let it go away. 
I hear all the time, too many times from parents, camp's great for two weeks. And then they're the same knucklehead that they were before they left. Uh, so let's, let's not let that happen again. Like, let's, let's help our students, parents. Pray for, your, pray for your kids. Pray for them. Pray over them. Lay hands on them. Pray for them. Let it change the dynamic of your household. That's where it starts. Because God gave me a word this week, and it's that we're coming back to Williamsburg with giant slayers. They're going to take over Williamsburg, and they're going to take over their schools, and I cannot wait for it. Love you guys. That's awesome. Let's give it up for our students one more time. And huge shout out, and thank you to Terrence and Kim for leading the Williamsburg students, and Cam and Kendallin for going on there as leaders. So, yeah, come on, give it up for them as well. So awesome. So awesome. I'll tell you, watch out, church, man. When kids get set on fire, man, big stuff happens. So it's going to be fun to see what God does. So, hey, well, thank you so much for uh, giving time for them to share. Uh, we're going to have a few video announcements. And during the video announcements, we will be pastoring uh, the bucket for offering and faith promise um, giving. And uh, that tonight is for somebody, if you're a visitor tonight, hey, just so you know, that is for us here at the church, that God's called us to come together so that we can love on each other, support each other, and do what God's called us to do. Uh, so don't feel weird in this moment. This moment's for us, all right? And so uh, we thank you for that, and uh, we thank you, church, for your faithfulness in giving. Um, it's because of your giving. It's because of that stuff. We're able to send kids to camp. We're able to do the things that we're able to do as a church. So thank you for uh, being so uh, generous in your giving and helping in these moments. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, again, your faithfulness and your goodness. And our hearts are so full just uh, seeing kids up here worshiping and uh, hearing the students to share of all that you've done in their lives and uh, how big their faith is and how open their hearts are to the things that you want to do. Father, we pray, God, that you continue to move in a powerful way in the lives of our children. God, that they be the leaders of this church. God, that you use them to challenge and encourage us. You use them to reach this community, to reach the nations for your glory. Father, don't let them stop. Don't let it dissipate. Father, let us as their parents, as their uh, brothers and sisters, as their leaders, God, allow us to encourage them and to fan that flame. Let us not put a seed of doubt or, or, or questioning in their hearts and their minds. May we step out of the way and let you do what you're doing in their hearts. And may you do what you want to do in this church. So God, we thank you for that. And God, we pray, Lord, that you take this moment as we continue in our worship and giving, Lord, that you will use this to advance your kingdom for your glory. Lord, we love you and praise you. In the name we pray. Amen. Amen. A few more announcements up on the screen. Hey, church. My name is Monica, and here's what's going on at City Life. We're midway through 2016, but our missions team is already planning the 2017 trips. Our goal next year is to build a water filtration system for the village we sponsor through Food for the Hungry. Illness due to unclean water was a common ailment during our previous visits to the village. And the construction of a water filtration system will forever change that. With that in mind, we're hosting a yard sale August 13th from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the North Riverside parking lot at our Newport News campus. If your home is overflowing or you have items you could pass along to sell, consider donating those items to the yard sale to help raise funds. If you know you have items to donate, email us at info at citylifeva.com. Over the past several months, we have been working hard as a church to ensure that our students were able to get to youth camp this summer. And your efforts to get them there have made an internal impact on their lives. Here's a little highlight of all they were able to experience over this past week.
thanks for being here this week. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to go onto Facebook and check in for the campus you're at. This month, each check-in provides clean water to a family in Haiti. As always, we hope that you enjoy the rest of service. Good stuff, good stuff. Did camp not look awesome? That looks so awesome, right? Hey, Kid Life, how you doing? Oh, come on, Danny's there. Come on, kids, where are you at? Hey, Kid Life, how you doing? Oh, that's good stuff. Hey, so we're going to take a few minutes here, and tonight we are actually going to be taking communion here in just a little bit. Uh, I know some parents have said, you know, that I'd love to have that opportunity with their kids, and it's always just really good for us to stop and just reflect on who Jesus is and to take those times just to reflect on his goodness and reflect on the gospel and the love and mercy we've received because of Christ. And communion is a good way for us to do that. So we're going to take a few moments tonight, and we're actually just going to talk about communion and just reflect on it and, and what we should learn um, and what should we should take away from those moments of communion. So we're going to have a few moments to do that. And tonight, I'm going to have Braden come up, and he's going to help me read tonight's scripture verse. So Braden, come on up. How are you doing, buddy? How are you doing? Good. Awesome. Braden and Michelle and I, we just got back from Thailand. Braden went on his first missions trip to Thailand. Was it fun? Yes. Do you have anything you want to say to them? Uh, About the trip? Um, I almost ate a giant cockroach. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. And the plane ride was amazing. And the plane ride was amazing. He had his own TV on the plane ride, and they fed him the entire trip. So he thought that was pretty awesome. And he got to stay up until like 2 in the morning, you know, because of late flying. So he thought that was pretty awesome. So, But God did some big stuff at the mission strip, right? It was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. He did such a good job. It was so cool when we came back. Um, it was like Monday. We landed Sunday morning um, here in D.C. like at 8 o'clock, which was 7 p.m. for us on Monday, right? So it was kind of crazy. Um, and the dude slept for like 30 minutes in the car, maybe about two hours on the plane, went to bed at 8 o'clock that night, actually wanting to stay up. And then um, the next day um, on Monday, he woke up at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. I mean, just hasn't missed a beat. Like he's like built for international travel. And uh, at one point I walked up the stairs just to check on him because I hadn't seen him in a while. And I walked up to his door. He doesn't even know I did this. I walked up to his door and I could hear him in there talking. And he's in there writing a sermon. He's like preaching in his room to his bearded dragon or something. I don't know. And he's just in there preaching. It came down and got me and preached. And uh, it's just so cool to see what God's done in his heart. And uh, it was a great mission trip. We'll share more about it probably next week. But thank you for all of those that helped us to get on that trip and help support him on this trip. So good stuff. Well, hey, what Bible verse are we reading tonight? Um, First Corinthians eleven twenty three. All right, good stuff. You ready? Okay. Okay. Um, for the for I passed on to you what I received from the Lord Himself on the night when He was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then He broke it into pieces and said, "This is My body, which is given for you." Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do, do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body of in the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating, eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's jug judgment upon yourself. Awesome. Do you want to pray? Uh, sure. All right, Lord, I pray for this communion and that is well and that all of our families, they get to have time to talk and pray about this. Um, and we just thank you for dying on the cross for us. And 
uh, you just like giving up your life and giving up your body just for us. Um, and you conquered the death and sin, and we, we just want to thank you for that, Lord. Um, amen. Amen. Good stuff. All right. Thank you, buddy. I need that. Thank you. That's be good. Yeah. Thank you so much, buddy. Love you to death, man. So proud of you. Well, hey, so talking about communion, we, maybe you've been a, a part of the church on a regular basis, and communion is nothing new to you. Uh, maybe you've grew, grew up in a different tradition. Maybe you've gone to multiple different churches. Communion can be taken a lot of different ways through different traditions. But the idea, the concept of communion is the same across all bodies. It's the importance of us as Christians focusing on what Jesus did for us on the cross. Communion for us is something that God gave us as a way of remembering. I don't know about, about any of you, but if any of you, are you really bad at remembering things? Anybody? Yeah, you're really bad? All right. Hey, kids, any of your dads really bad at remembering stuff? Okay, awesome. So, like, yeah, so some of us, we struggle, we struggle with remembering stuff. Like, I pride myself on having a good memory, but when it comes to, like, my cell phone or my keys or my wallet or my shoes, any of those things... I can't remember where they are, right? Like, I mean, I run around the house. When we first got married, some of our worst fights were because I was convinced that Michelle was hiding my shoes somewhere around the house just for her entertainment. You know, and I'd be like, you moved my shoes. And she's like, no, I didn't. I know that I put them right here. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. And then I would find them exactly where I left them, and I remember, and I wouldn't say anything, right? Because I couldn't say that I was wrong. But so, like, you know, I, I'm horrible at those things. I've had to come up with systems. In fact, we bought a piece of furniture, like something that hangs on our wall by the door that has hooks and shelves so that I can do just have hopefully to say when I walk in the door and just put my keys and wallet there. And of course, I just disperse them around the house and then wander around for 30 minutes trying to find them. Uh, so like remembering, sometimes it's hard for some of us. Some of us, we're really good at remembering. But when it really comes down to important things, when it comes down to especially emotions and feelings, oftentimes it's hard for us to remember the truths that we should know. And in God, in his wisdom, all throughout time, he's given people the opportunity to participate in meaningful uh, rituals or meaningful times of celebration to help them remember who God is and what he's doing. In fact, in this moment where Jesus is sitting down with his disciples, it's the Passover. And he's sitting down with his disciples in this moment that the, the, the Jewish people have been celebrating now for thousands of years of just remembering and, and identifying who God was and what he did for them and removing them from Egypt and out of slavery. In fact, in the, their celebration of the Passover, there was very detailed things they did to help them remember. In fact, they ate things with bitter herbs with bitter herbs so that they could remember how bitter and how cruel their time and slavery was. So that they wouldn't look back on that time and say, man, I wish we could go back to that. But the bitter herbs, the bitterness of it was meant to remind them of their time in slavery. But also in their meal, they would eat honey because the sweetness of the honey was to meant to show them and to remind them how faithful and good God is is. So he's done all of these things to have these little moments where they're eating something bitter and it would just spring in their spirit. It would spring in their hearts to remind them, oh, that's right. God did something in us. And that's right. We were in a miserable place and God saved us and God helped us and God restored us. He's good and he's faithful. So these things would be there to remind them. He's given us the same thing here in communion of breaking the bread and having this moment where we come together and maybe even at your meal, and this was a part of the Jewish customs, that they would take bread and they would break it at every single meal. The person who was going to bless the meal would take the bread and they would pronounce a blessing and they would break it. And as they would break it and send the bread around the table, they were saying to each other that God has blessed us and he's brought us together. And so this thing of coming together to break bread, Jesus takes this tradition and this moment of the Passover that they're used to coming together in. And he takes this as a moment to remind them that he is giving his life for them. So from this moment on, after his death and resurrection, from every moment on, every time they see the bread broken, it's a reminder to them that God gave his son for us. That he didn't hold back anything, that he gave himself wholly for us. That his body was broken so that we could be made whole. 
the juice that's passed, the wine that has passed. It was a reminder, even in its color, that his blood was shed, that it was not a passive uh, a way of giving redemption, that God sent his son, and he very aggressively, through death and persecution, gave of himself so that he could defeat sin and death, as Braden so eloquently said in his prayer. Right? It's this reminder thing that he's given us so that we can be reminded of what God did for us. So as we step into this moment of communion, it's one to be, uh, that we should take some time to remember. To remember that this is not just a religious tradition. This is not just something we're supposed to do. This is not as the Corinthians, they got into a place where they themselves, they kind of forgot about things and they got really hungry. And we all know what it's like to be hangry, right? When you're at church, you know, and you're just like, man, I wish you'd stop talking so I could go get some Chick-fil-A, you know, and you're just kind of like that. We all know what it's like. Well, they got to a place where just like, oh, we're so hungry. We just want to eat. We just want to eat. And they were focused on eating. They were focused on consuming things just for their own benefit that they completely forgot what it was that God had did for them and why they were even together. See, communion is a chance for us to remember, to come and as we pick up the bread that's already been broken for us, as we grab this cup of juice, it's to remember that this life that we have in Christ, it was one that came at a cost. It's one that came not easily, but it's one that was given to us freely in his grace. It's one for us to stop and to remember that he's good. That life is difficult, sin is present, hardships are real. Life is not always going to be fair. It's not always going to be easy, but God is always there. And God has already claimed the victory in all situations. In 1 Corinthians 11, chapter, verse, or, uh, chapter 11, verse 26, it says this. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. See, communion is about remembering, but communion is also about expecting, right? Braden, he was super excited as we were getting ready to go on this mission trip. He was like beside himself, like counting down the days, the minutes, the seconds. You know, like he was just so, like we're in Washington Dulles in the airport waiting to get on the plane. We got there three hours early because that's what TSA said to do. So you know how long we sat at the gate? Two hours and 40 minutes. But anyways, so we sat there for, for a long time, and this poor kid was just like, I, when are we going to get on a plane? When are we going to get on a plane? He's just expecting. He's just expecting. He couldn't contain his excitement, so he literally just lapped our terminal. He started going up the escalators. He got to know all the TSA agents and the security guards and the policemen. They were all loving him. Like His expectation was so high, he couldn't contain himself, right? When we're in this place of expecting that God is going to do something good, he's going to do something big, then it, we get into this place. We remember that God has restored us. We remember that he's good. We remember that he's He's faithful, and in remembering that, we also remember that he's coming again. We come that he's coming again, that he's going to restore things, that he's made it so that we can be in relationship with him, but he's also one day going to make it so that everything is perfect. As scripture says, there's going to be no more tears, there's going to be no more sorrow, there's going to be no more pain, there's going to be no more death. That that day is coming, that we have a hope to look forward to. It builds our expectation to say, I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for that moment. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. So tonight as we get ready to take the communion, don't stop at the sorrow of his death, but remember the promise of his resurrection. Don't stop and just say, oh, he died and it was so sad and it was a horrible death. Remember the victory of his resurrection as well. So when you come into this moment, it's a moment to remember that you and I, that we're bigger sinners than we care to admit. we got more jacked up lives than we're willing to share to anybody else. But because of Jesus and his body and his blood being broken and shed for us, we are more loved and more forgiven than we could ever fathom. It's a sense of coming together that God is good, that he's faithful. I remember what he's done for me, but I'm also sensing this reality that God has got more than he wants to do. So I'm remembering and I'm expecting. And this moment that we get to come together in is one that lifts our hearts and excites us to say, this life that we're living in Christ, there's so much more to it than just breathing and waking up. 
There's a sense that we've got something to do. There's a sense that God is actively working and that he's engaged in this world, that he wants to meet our sorrows and our needs. How cool was it to hear some of our students, hey, God healed me, right? I mean, that's so stinking awesome. That's the life that God wants us to live, one expecting that he does answer our prayers, that he is answering our prayers, and that there's a hope in Christ that one day everything will be made new and made whole. So when we come together, we're remembering and we are expecting. I love the reality in this is that as we come expecting, the scripture declares to us and it really gives us the command that we proclaim that victory in our remembering. In our expecting, we come and we remember what God's done for us and we're expecting big things, so we speak that into our lives. I love Reuben's theology. It was so awesome when he wakes up and the, the enemy, Satan's trying to discourage him. He's like, no, I love Jesus more. Come on, if we can live that way more often, right? If we can step into those moments more often, then we just remind ourselves, no, no, that's not the way things have to be. No, that's not the way I should look at things anymore. That's not the way I should have to feel. I love Jesus more, and he loves me, and I'm expecting big things. We declare that victory. We proclaim that victory in our lives. One of the things I love about this moment is Jesus was sitting there at the table with his disciples. The Jewish tradition was is that they would leave an open seat at the table. And that open seat was a reminder to them that one day God was going to send a Messiah. That one day that Messiah was going to come and he was going to fulfill all the promises that God had given Israel. So during the Passover, they always left that seat open. Jesus is sitting here with his disciples. And many theologians believe that Jesus is sitting in that empty seat. That he's now taking that empty seat, and in that empty seat, he's taking the bread, and he's breaking, and he's passing, and he's taking the cup, and he's sharing with them. He's saying, listen, you can expect God to be faithful in his promises, and you can expect that God will always come through on what he said he's going to do. You can expect God always to be victorious, and I'm sitting here in this moment, and I'm sitting in the seat to let you know I'm the fulfillment of everything that you've hoped for. On the fulfillment of everything that you've wanted. And he begins to break the bed and he passes the bread around. He breaks the bread so that we can all receive. Because communion is also about unity. Communion is also about unity. It's reminding us that we've been made right with God. And in being made right with God, we're able to be made right with each other. That we're able to be in genuine relationship with the creator of the universe that you can call out to the creator of the universe in your moments of despair, that you can talk to him, that you can sing joy, and you can praise him in the greatest moments of your life, that you can also know at the same time, because of that restored relationship with God, he's given you the opportunity to be in restored relationship with others. He doesn't want us doing life alone. So when we come together in this moment of communion, it's one of remembering, it's one of expecting, and it's one of unity. And so as we get ready to step into this moment, I want to challenge each and every one of us to, as Scripture cautions us, Braden was like, can I read verse 20 and 29? I was like, sure, go for it, man. But where Scripture cautions us to be quick to stop and think about what we're getting ready to do. See, this is not just bread and juice that we're getting ready to take in, right? This is a moment to stop and say, God, I'm going to remember who you are and what you've done. And I'm going to proclaim and believe everything you said is true. That I'm saved because of Jesus, that I'm restored because of Jesus, and that I have a hope in eternity because of Jesus. I'm going to believe those things. I'm going to claim those things. I'm going to speak that victory into my life. And I'm wanting to step into this moment, wanting to be obedient, living the life that you've called me to live. So God, if there's something in my heart that has got your place, God, I want to repent of that. I want my eyes and my heart to be exposed to that, and I want to surrender that to you, and I want that now to be your place. If there's someone else that you have a, a, a problem with, there's, if there's issues that you have with another person, then you need to forgive them. You need to, in your heart, say, I forgive them. I I. I, I do not hold any grudges against them. God, you can do all things. You can fix these things. I'm believing in you. So with that, 
Terrence, I forgive you. But so, just kidding, just making sure you're awake. So this is a moment for us to stop. This is not a tradition. It's not just a moment for us to say, great, I did that. I got my Christian card checked, right? Like our you know, little, little coupon cards, right? This, this is a moment for us as often as we do it, Scripture tells us, as often as we do it, to remember God's faithfulness shown in Jesus Christ. That through Jesus and because of Jesus, we have life, we have hope, and because of Jesus, we're able to live the life that God has called for us to live. And he's put us in relationship with him, and he's given us the opportunity to be in relationship with others. We remember, and when we remember that, we move into a place of peace. We move into a place of expectation. We move into a place of saying, I can't wait to see what it is that God wants to do. So that's the moment that we're getting ready to step into. Last thing before we say this, and the worship team, you can go ahead and come up. You guys are like, I want the kids in here more often. He's quick. Kim just said, yeah, I forgive you, Kim. I forgive you. Uh, that's awesome. Hey, so as the worship team comes up and we're getting ready to step into this communion moment, if, if you're a parent and your kids are in here tonight, um, whether they're young or they're old, I just want to give a little caution to you. In, in wisdom, be sure to lead your kids through this moment. If you know that your kids have a true, genuine understanding of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross, then step into this moment and walk through this moment as worship with your children. If you're not sure of where your kids are in their relationship with God, or if you feel that they could not or do not have that deep spiritual, that genuine personal belief and understanding of who Jesus is, then walk them through that moment and say, one day you'll partake in this. It's okay for them to not partake. If you are in a place where you do not have a relationship with God. Maybe you've been in the church a long time, but you know that there is a separation between you and God. There is a sense of you need to come and you need to offer repentance. Then have that moment and then partake. But if you're not ready for that moment or if that moment hasn't happened, then stop and allow God to speak to you in this moment. See, this is a genuine, powerful moment where we're not coming just to indulge. We're not coming just to do something, but we're coming to participate in the life and the activity of God's intervention in the world. That we're coming to this moment, and as we look at the broken bread, we're remembering his body being broken. As we see the cup of juice, we're remembering the violence that was leashed out on him because of our sins. And as we take, we take with joy, remembering that it didn't stop with him in the grave. But the end result was him defeating sin, death, hell, and the grave. That he rose, and because he rose, we're able to have hope for the future. We're able to have hope for our now, and we're able to believe that God is in control of all things and trust that he is good. That is what this moment is. And so, if you haven't stepped into this moment with that sense of wait in a long time, if you haven't stepped into this moment with that sense of understanding or passion in a long time, or if ever, and you have a relationship with God, you don't have to be a member of the church, just at some point you can say, I know distinctly there was a moment where I said, Jesus, you were Lord, and because you've had that moment, you know that you are His. If you've had that moment, then please step in. If you haven't, I implore you just to call out to God. Maybe sit in your seat and talk. Maybe come and talk to me. Maybe just listen to see what God is speaking to you. If you have a kid that's not ready for that moment, it's okay. Don't rush them into this moment just because it's something to do. Remember the weightiness of this. This is us remembering and knowing that Jesus was real and all that he said was true. This is a confession. This is a proclamation. This is us declaring Jesus to be true and Lord over our lives and all things. That's what this moment is. And as you step into the moment with that and you join the worship team as we sing and as we worship, let God fill your hearts. Let Him fill your hearts with hope. Let Him fill your hearts with joy as you remember and expect His faithfulness to be on display in all things. The way we partake in communion is, is here in a second as I begin to pray. 
They'll remove the coverings, and when I'm done, you can come up as you want. Take the cup, take the bread. You can find a spot somewhere here in the auditorium. You can go back to your seats. You can come to the altar. You can join your family. You can come together and just have a moment where you stop. Stop and remember who God is and what he's done. Remember that he didn't stop in the grave. And because of that, you have every reason to expect, every reason to expect victory, joy, hope, and promise. And because you can expect those things, you know that you've been brought together in relationship with the creator of the universe. And that he's given you brothers and sisters to do this life with so that you can know peace and joy and confidence like you've never known before. Let your hearts be filled in that. Let yourselves rejoice in that moment. Let's worship. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. God, we thank you for your son that died on the cross for us. God, we thank you for this moment that we can come and we can reflect. God, that you've given us something, a, a reminder. You've given us a tangible thing in your wisdom that stops us, that helps us to remember what's real and what's true and what we should hold on to and what we should let go of. So, Father, we pray in this moment as we step into this time with our families, with our loved ones, by ourselves, God, that you help us to see your goodness and your faithfulness that our hearts will be reminded, our hearts will see you as Lord. They will be surrendered to you and you will lift us up in faith. You will raise our eyes to heavens and we will walk out of this place with the expectation of your goodness and our connection with you and each other. God, you will do miraculous things even in this moment. God, we thank you for it. We love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Please partake as you're ready.
things. We've got all these things right. Um, And God is so desperate. God is so hungry to hear his children crying out to him. And that's all that we're doing up here. We're standing on a stage and we're doing it. But he is so desperate to have the hearts of his children. So we're just going to sing this one more time. And I want you guys to sing it with all that you have. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we are desperate for you. Jesus, you are the only one who can make this right. Jesus, you're the only one who's gonna fix this. We're desperate for you, Lord. We want more of you, Lord. And Jesus, we your thoughts for us are greater than the sands on the seashores. 
promises are true, that you are faithful, you are just, and you are right in all that you do. God, help us to trust in you, help us to look to you, help us to believe in you in our goings and in our doings. May you be with us in all things. And Father, may you continue to move in a powerful way. Lord, I pray that this week, that there be moments that each one of us stop, and that we remember your goodness, that we be reminded of your faithfulness. God, in those moments, may we sing this song again, that we adore you and that you are all that we need. God, in that moment, meet us there in that place. Help us to live our lives for your glory. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. May you guys have a blessed week. May God be with you in all that you do. May he care for you and provide for you. And we'd love to see you back next week. Have a great week.